on TV, online, and on Star. Tell me where my latest poker podcast is. It's right here, you dummy. This is EPT Not Live. <laughs> Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. What the hell is OnStar? OnStar is like the little computer system that lives in your car. I guess it's only an American thing where I've it's like never a service. Heard of it. It's like a service where it's like a concierge service in your car, oh. and it calls up, and so you're like, OnStar, make me reservations at this thing. It's like, is it like the Siri of automobiles? Yeah, except it's a human being. Like you speak to a human. Oh my god, that sounds horrific. Yeah, and so like people have a lot of fun just fucking with their OnStar all the time. It's like. <laughs> OnStar, like, settle a bet, like shit like that. My one friend wouldn't let me um, ask OnStar where, how to get to the to a whorehouse. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Adolf Hitler, fine. If you're going to be a Nazi about how you run your car, whatever. Hey, welcome to EBD Not Live. Coming up on today's show, it's our Twitch special. Which is what we're calling it because there's still no EPT events, still no EPT TV shows, Scoop is over. There is literally nothing happening in the world of poker. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Summer break. No one's playing no poker. No one's playing poker anywhere in the world. This might be a six minute episode, but we're going to keep it going as long as we can. Uh, I went to a birthday dinner with the High Stakes Wedding Couple. Does anyone want to hear about that? It's High Stakes Wedding the sequel. <laughs> Kamal Chiraria was there yes! again. So there's more Kamal Chiraria coming up. Uh, to try to fill out content for the show, I lost a bunch of money playing the Sunday tournaments. Standard. And we're going to have another edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. Canadian Glenn Weber's on the show. And because it's the Twitch special, Jason Somerville. Yes, we're going live to Vegas to speak to Jason himself. As ever, Joe, want to kick off the show with uh, clearing up uh, last week's housekeeping. Uh, we did have a couple of open questions from last yes, week. Yes, who won prizes? Well, both of them related to Star Wars. Now, um, Varun, who has appeared on this show. He's a little nittish. As a super. I've got a nittish tweet from Varun. <laughs> James, you ruined and spoilt Star Wars for me. Now, here's the thing, Varum. I'm assuming, and I appreciate that assume makes an ass out of everyone, that if you are listening to this show, you are 18 years of age or older. You certainly should be. And here's my thing. If you've got to the age of 18 and haven't yet seen the Star Wars movies, you've kind of failed at life. I think that that's a little unfair. Now, I don't... I don't agree with him have, i don't think he has a leg to stand on for the spoiler thing i think it's a little unfair because not everyone has access to the star wars movies or someone who cares about them enough in their lives to make them watch star wars at at a certain age no sorry not not gonna hear it zero tolerance policy on this one however what i would say for anyone who hasn't seen the star wars movies or like our executive producer you found that segment almost unlistenable you might want to scrub <laughs> through the next five minutes because we are going to be talking star wars geekery well you know you know that i'm a, like a purist when it comes to the spoilers now the compromise that i've made with the world is one year that's the I if anything, I think it should be five years. I think there's a five year moratorium on spoilers. However, Star Wars is what, thirty something years old at Close point? to forty years Almost old. Almost forty years old. Sorry, dude. That's on you, homie. Uh, so one of the questions was a little bit of trivia. There was actually no prize attached to this one. This was just for funsies. And it was which figures had the names round the wrong way. This is for King of the Dorks. Yeah, absolutely. George Browning. At B-Boy Browning you on mean Twitter. King George Browning of the dorks. He is officially <laughs> the most regal dork out there because he guessed that two of the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back got mixed up by Kenner Toys. Forlom 
was labelled as Zuckus. Classic. And Zuckus was labelled as Forlom. So well done, George, for getting that one. The question that By I the way, Forlom, he's put on a lot of weight recently. He goes by five long now. <laughs> the question we threw That's out. That's right, there. Gilly. That was for you, buddy. Shake your head. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Was uh, which Star Wars character was deserving of an action figure and never got one? Because there's a few strange oh, I omissions. Even think about this. Who? Just great. We got the listeners, right? We the have got. We have in. got okay. the listeners. Okay. Um, first of all, Sam says, "I feel like having a Star Wars marathon after listening to the latest EPT Not Live." So thanks, James. Sam, you're welcome. Um, Don't watch the special editions. Nathan Clark recently discovered EPT Not Live. He listened to all nine episodes in two days. He says, sort of sad, I guess, but haven't stopped laughing. It was well worth it. Nathan, nine episodes in two days. I'm putting you on the list for potential super fans. Wow, immediate, immediate contention for super fan. Uh, Nathan's suggestion, and I'm not going to lie to you, I had to look this guy up. I didn't even know who this was. General Willard never made it into a figure. Was he the guy in on Hoth uh, that had the little Purina dog symbol on his chest? No. No, I think the general on Hoth was General General Riken. Uh, general Willard is the guy who greets Princess Leia when they arrive on Yavin in the first movie, okay. and says, "When we heard about Alderaan, we feared the worst." He's kind of like the the rebel leader and the Yavin base. Not the bearded guy in the end ceremony who hands Leia the medals yeah. to put on Luke and, and Han, but the the other rebel leader. That's so funny because my guess, my vote for who should have gotten an action figure that didn't get one was the medals. It just was upsetting that the medals didn't get one. There certainly could have been a Luke Skywalker and Han Solo in medal outfits. They missed it. They dropped the ball there. They did. Um, Nathan, it's good, but I think that is arguably a bit too obscure. I think, that, but we should award obscurity points because that's part of the game, right? Is, is coming up with someone obscure. It is true. Um, Zach suggests Red Six, the overweight pilot that wouldn't pull up at Horkins? the Death Star battle. And that suggestion also came through uh, from somebody else as well. I think it was Daniel. Um, yeah, Daniel Waters says, you can't forget everyone's favorite, Porkins. All I would say is that in order of priority, Biggs, Wedge, Porkins. I got Wedge, Biggs, Porkins. Either way, point is both Wedge and Biggs are ahead in the queue of Porkins, and yeah. there were no action figures of Biggs or Wedge. In the series of books I read that supposedly comes after Star Wars that I'm hoping that they sort of draw from for the new movies, Wedge plays a major role. Wedge becomes like a full-on hero in that, so I'm hoping we see more Wedge in the in the, the sequels coming up. Um, Chris McFadden says, so agree about the Star Wars figures. I had R5-D4, IG-88, Dengar, uh, an ATST driver, but no Admiral Peart? WTF. <laughs> and here's the thing. You know, I was, I, you know, I bet he had an addition to no Admiral Piet, no sex in high school. <laughs> well, this is worse. I have, I, this was, this was, this was an epiphany for me. I've gone through my entire childhood and my entire adult life thinking that there was an Admiral Piet figure. Cause I naively assumed that the Imperial commander figure was meant to be Admiral Piet. I had to Google this. No, it's General Veers, played by Julian Glover, currently to be seen in Game of Thrones as Grandmeister uh, Picel. Point being, huh. Julian Glover has two action figures because there's General Veers in Imperial Commander outfit mm -hmm. and General Veers in Atat Commander outfit with the kind of like more Nazi-like helmet. 
Is there like General Veers and just like chilling outfit, no. like in a robe or something? No, but not being funny, considering the amount of screen time he had, the fact you got two different General Veers figures, I think is good value. That's true, but it's another ball dropped, honestly. So Kenneth Colley's character, Admiral Piet, that is a good suggestion because he's in both Empire and Jedi, even though you think he's going to get it at the end of Empire, right? Because he loses the Millennium Falcon and he's like, oh shit. I've seen Mr. Bronson from Grange Hill die. I've seen Captain Nida die. I'm next. What movie are you even describing right now? I've, I don't even know anymore. Uh, the guy who plays Admiral Ozzel. Yeah. The first one that Vader I, chokes. He says, yeah, okay. you have failed me for the last time. Okay. Um, that the is, sweaty guy. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, he's Mr. Bronson in Grange Hill, which is a very popular kids show in the United Kingdom. Oh. He was the really nasty teacher who wore a toupee, which, uh, so all the kids which probably got stolen. Really, all the kids probably really liked watching him get choked then. In that scene, I think he was in Empire several years before uh, he played Mr. Bronson in Grange Hill. Uh, but yeah, Admiral Piat does somehow survive despite losing the Millennium Falcon at the end of Empire and pops up again in Return of the Jedi. Vader is busy that day. He's like, I don't, I can't schedule any chokings right now. Uh, other suggestions: Tim Slater says all the alien band members from the bar where they meet Han. I think he's talking about the Mos Eisley Cantina. Uh, Tim says would love a chop pot T-shirt. Tim. You made the classic mistake of asking for a prize. Isn't don't they? Isn't the band? Don't the band have action figures? Or nope, no, not from the original set. Not from the original. Oh, they do ca- now. Okay, they may do now. Um, Daniel Waters. Now th- here is a guy who initially suggested Porkins, but he came up with a better one. Okay, and this could be a prize winner. First of all, he says loads didn't get figures. Gamorian guards, cantina band, so essential to the story. Tie fighter pilots. There's Gamorian guards, right? Yes, there are Gamorian guards. Tie fighter pilots. They got their own figure. However, Daniel may be wrong about those, but he's right about this one. The other guy in the bar in the original movie, the I don't like you either guy, whose name is Dr. Doctor. Cornelius Evazen. And even the Warus man got his own action yeah. figure, which didn't have a detachable arm. Really feel they were missing a trick there. Dr. <laughs> Evazen ignored. And I think that is the best suggestion for who should have got an action figure. So I'm going to give at Dan Waters 7 and everyone loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. That's hot. Uh, other feedback to last week. Congratulations, Daniel. Uh, Paul Walsh says, oh my, Jason Mercy was quite something on the quiz. Uh, by the way, <laughs> if you're Jason. scrubbing through the show, we've finished talking about Star Wars. Green light. Green light. Uh, Thudman says, great podcast, guys. Very entertaining. Keep them coming. Uh, Simon Baker, who was last week's superfan, says, I had a blast. Thanks again, and thanks for the T-shirt. And Peter Blow was listening to the podcast while playing the Colossus at the World Series of Poker. At the what? Uh, apparently, there's some poker festival there's going on in Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. This is a great story. Peter advanced to day three. Do you know who else made it to day three? Do you know who else went deep, cashed, and finished in 84th place? Kerry Jane Craigie who is the manager of the PokerStars Live at the Hippodrome card room. If you're ever in London, people, you want to play poker at the PS Live Lounge at the Hippodrome. Great place to go. Joe, you're frequently in the cash games it's there a, donating. It's, an, it's a really cool room. What I really love about it, it's not an intimidating room at all. It's like really fun. All the staff there are super nice. It's just a few tables. It's not a massive room. They don't even really have very high stakes there. It's a great spot to go play some one-two um and it's right in central london it's like right in the thick of things you don't even have to if you want to just come play poker for like a few minutes on your trip to london it's real easy because you're going to be in leicester square anyway so kerry jane runs that card room she's obviously gone to vegas to play this event 
Now, bear in mind, this tournament had like nearly 15,000 unique players, 22,500 total entries. She makes it into the top 100 and cashes an 84th place for more than $10,000. So um, a round of applause for Kerry Jane Craigie Absolutely. from PS Live at the Hippodrome. And thank you for the updates, Peter Blow. Thank you both. A little EPT not live run good is what he was calling it. I had I had some EPT live not so run good. Oh dear. I uh, I went so you guys remember I went to this high stakes wedding we were calling it Phil the Sternheimer Stern- wedding. Sternheimer got married and uh, wanted to let the good times roll. It turned out it was his new bride's uh, birthday the following weekend. So he emailed a bunch of people at the wedding and said, "Hey, I want a surprise." Uh, Grace is her name. I want to surprise her. Uh, so I would like to get a, as many people as I can from the wedding to just all meet us for dinner and we can have like a little surprise birthday party. And I was in and I decided, I was like, sure, yeah, I'll let the good times roll. I'll do it. And so I showed up at this dinner and um, he wanted some help with the surprise. Now, the thing is, not many people were able to make the dinner, but they said, we'll do drinks afterwards. So I actually just had a very, it was a very small dinner myself and a date and Phil and his wife just had it in we all sort of pretended like we just found out then it was her birthday. And he said, look, I need your help, Stapes. Can you suggest the bar? Can you say afterward, hey, I want to take everyone to this bar that I know uh, because it'll look less suspicious sure. coming from you. And I said, sure, no problem. But then what these bastards do is so I say, sure, like I got this, I got this uh, bar I want to take everyone to. Phil and my date were both in on it. Both start berating me like, I hope this bar's good. I really hope you're taking us to a cool bar, Stapes. And they're like, what's the bar like? And I don't know what the fucking bar is like because I just got told, I don't even know the name of it. I just got sent in a text and an address. And the two of them are like the whole wow. way. Like, so are you sure you know where you're going, Stapes? So you're helping this guy out. And then he starts trolling you? Yeah, he's trolling me in the middle of the walk. I was like, "Real." I was like, I don't know, Phil. Is it a good bar? <laughs> All I know is what neighborhood it's in. Because this one time we went on a double date and he didn't really like the bar I took him to. And he kind of sat there like okay. a grump the whole time. And so this time he's like, sort of, so I was like, you know what? F yourself. Go F yourself. But it was actually really cool. The bar that we went to. I was going to quickly ask. Yeah. Did this happen after the release of last week's podcast? Yes, but I don't think he listened. No one who was there at the wedding who may have been at this uh, occasion no one listened to the show heard themselves being talked about no one had an issue with what I don't we- think so but if if there if if it had, had happened it w- I would have heard about it in just a second here because so he t- we go to this bar that actually is really sweet it was the it was a bar that's owned by the same people that owned the hotel where they got married and so like the, the decorations are the same and it's like an italian place and she was like oh this is weird this is the same this is, wait a minute. And then like, then her friends started coming Aww. in. So it was really cool. It was very neat. But the person, another person who was at the wedding who showed up to this eventually was Kamal Chararia. Yes. Now, Kamal eventually shows up and um, he shows up with another poker player in tow and a gaggle of women. Just very quickly, because after last week's show and after you told the story about Kamal's antics at the wedding and the fact you had a chat with him afterwards a few people did ask who is this dude just want to remind everyone that he was a player in the EPT 11 Barcelona TV shows he's on the secondary feature table with Dan Shack. there's a hand where he doubles up through Shack where he claims he misread his hand he was a great character he was a great part of the programs so make sure you check out those shows on the PokerStars YouTube channel now I don't think that he heard 
the podcast from last week because I mean, not that I said anything bad about him anyway, but um, he immediately is like, we have to do lunch sometime. We got to do lunch. We're going to have lunch. We got to have lunch. And then he was trying to convince me to go to some club with him. So in the span of like maybe 10 minutes, he manages to, he invites me to lunch. He manages to make things really awkward with my date because he keeps asking like what our status is. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, like this is the second time I've hung out with this girl. Like just give it a rest for a second. Um, another poker player knows a different girl that I hang out with. This other guy showed up and said, hey, where's so-and-so oh, no. right in front of this date? Which Although was, you only have yourself to blame. Well, yeah, probably. And, and some other people. And then the best part of it all was, uh, so Kamal rocks up with like this gaggle of women. Uh, he's a married man and he was not being inappropriate or anything with them, but just a big group of people. And, um, and when he leaves, he's like, come to this, come to this club, come to this club. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going. It apparently is a very exclusive club. I just, you know, had some damage control I needed to do with, with my date and the club wasn't the place to do it. But then, uh, I get my bill for my drinks. Now, Phil opened a tab and he wanted everyone to put drinks on his tab. That's not how I roll. The first glass of champagne, I let him pour it for me. I'm not going to run up drinks on somebody else's tab. I like to pay my own way. So me and my date's drinks, I've been putting on my own tab. However, on my receipt, in addition to my vodkas and whiskeys I've been were three wine spritzers that were not consumed by me, but were in fact consumed by the gaggle of women brought by Kamal Chararia and ordered by Kamal Chararia, who walked out without paying for his fucking drinks. Did he know he was putting them on your tab? Do you think the bar staff got confused? They got two tabs running. They don't know which group is with who, and they probably made that mistake. It is entirely possible I'm just that seeing it was it from an his innocent point of mistake. Yes, it is entirely possible, but it doesn't change the fact <laughs> that I was out. And the other thing is I paid for the dinner we went to because Phil and Grace were like so generous with their wedding thing. I sprung for the dinner. And so I really didn't want to get stiffed. For th- and this is not a cheap bar. I mean, these were like, it was a matter of like 27 pounds worth of drinks, which, you know, it's not an insignificant. It's not an amount. insignificant amount of money, so, especially when you've you, when you've uh, spring for. T- basically, you had another night out in London, which cost you a, a mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. So come on, Shararia, oh, damn you, James. You ready to do some singing? Yes, let's and, do this. And a three, and a two, and a go. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. So James and I have been sitting here pretending like the World Series of Poker isn't happening. And I will say that part of it is... Jealousy? Part of it is jealousy. Sure. You know, everyone's there. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's bitching and moaning and complaining. And I will say that, like, I asked you to approve a tweet for me and you said to go for it, that it was funny. But at that time of night, it was too late anyway. I didn't want to send it that late. But I just wanted to figure out if there's a way that I could block the words WSOP, Colossus, and Alan Kessler <laughs> from my from my Twitter timeline. Because part of it is, it's, look, it's annoying. Right, it's annoying, but part is annoying because I'm jealous. And to me, like the World Series of Poker tweets is kind of like looking at an ex's Facebook page. Like you don't want anything bad to happen to her, right? You don't want anything bad to happen to your ex, but you hate to see people having a good time with her. And when and when someone complains about her, you're like a little bit like, oh. Well, Joe, Joe, this that, is a but... classic rose-tinted spectacles thing, right? This is a classic grass is always greener. You and I have worked the World Series. It's, yeah. It's hell. It's a living hell. So, but, but exactly, and like I, I wish no ill will toward the World Series of Poker whatsoever, right? But because they are a competing tour, when things go wrong, I'm kind of like, eh, 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 
I, I like I like reading the complainy tweets, but I will say so. The big thing that everyone seems to be complaining about is the payout structure for the Colossus. I mean, I literally there's there's very few poker people I actually follow. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing a okay. lot of the stuff except for Kevmath. The guy is working 24 hours a day, seven days yeah, a week, a machine. answering people's questions, no matter how trivial. I guarantee you, the guy is going to have a breakdown before this series is out. He definitely is. He's going to have an absolute freak out. Like, he's going to be the machete guy, probably. But through at Kevmath, you learn everything. And this is where I came across the fact that, obviously, they held this big event, the Colossus, uh, which had a ludicrous number of entries. I didn't quite realize at first that it had, like, four re-entries allowed for each player. I actually thought they had, like, 22,500 players. And I'm like, holy shit, that is just amazing. Now... It's just as impressive to have 14,000 players because that was the total number yeah. of uniques. But I wish I'd seen that number four because, oh, it's not actually 22,000, it's 14,000. And suddenly you think, oh, it's not as good. No, it's still absolutely insane. It's batshit crazy. It's that, fantastic. That Congra- and congratulations. And from everything I heard up until the point where the payouts are released, everyone's like, wow, we can't believe how smoothly this is running. Yeah. I mean, that is a... That is the very definition of a logistical nightmare. Where do you put 14,000 fucking people? Answer is the poker kitchen. They finally yes. found a use for the poker kitchen. Because it's is not re- food. It's been renowned for poisoning people since 2005. And now people are going back in there because they put poker tables in there to seat all these players. But yet the payout structure gets released. So I, we're By talk- the way, I used to call getting sick from the poker kitchen hitting the bad eat jackpot. That's a good line. Uh, It's almost as good as chipping a chair. So the payouts get published. We're talking a prize pool of nearly $11.2 million. And everyone balks at the fact that first place isn't a million. They're just thinking that if you are staging the biggest live event in poker history, that you should have a mill ball up top. You know what I say to that? Fuck that. I actually do. I hate when they skirt the prizes to make them. It's a little annoying to read. I actually completely agree with the payout structure. I think it's great for recreational players. I think that I'm really sorry, but I think some professional players need to get over themselves and realize that this is a really good thing for poker. And inevitably, this is where people start saying, well, this would be different if it was the EPT. If poker stars were running this event, I guarantee you there'd be a million for first. Well, do you know what? We're going to find out because we have the man who does effectively the payout matrix Ooh, i've been waiting to use this feature we have too here for all of our live events this is the point ladies and gentlemen where we activate the whole pope neil johnson is head of live poker operations for poker stars europe and neil we've got a hypothetical for you All right. Always happy to help. Uh, Just imagine that the EPT uh, invented some huge colossal tournament that maybe cost around 565 euros to play. And maybe it got 14,000 unique entries with a few thousand re-entries. Let's say the field's about 22,500 entries. What would the first prize look like in a tournament of that nature? Um, hypothetically. Hypothetically. I mean, I know that no one would actually do anything like this. I'd be an incredible logistical challenge. I'm, I mean, that's, yeah. that, that, that's, we're way out in hypothetical land here. Um, I would have to say probably, I mean, it's certainly between 500,000 and a million. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, the answer that is a is, big gap. The answer is a million. 
Okay, I'm going to tell you what the answer is. People want the answer to be a million. Why would it not be? No, no, I disagree. I, I, I don't think it has to be a million. And I want, I would like to know what Neil's genuine answer is. My genuine answer is because when you go out to twenty thousand entries, even out to ten thousand, fifteen thousand entries, like for the EPTs, we pay fifteen percent of the field yeah. for all of our tournaments. You get me out to ten, fifteen, twenty thousand entries. I'm probably pushing that out. I know from talking to like Mike Ward and Danny, our other uh, uh, you know regional tournament directors across the planet. They would be the same. We might, for 20,000 people, I might pay 25% of the field. And every time you move that number, you're taking off the top, uh, you know, 100 spots, 50 spots, certainly the final table. So it's not, uh, it's not as simple as being just, oh, they get a million. Because anytime, you, anytime you, you put that money up top, you're taking it from somebody else. Um, and now I wouldn't necessarily even be like, if I say pay 20% or 25%, the 25%, that 20 to 25% gap, they probably just get their money back. Thanks for playing. I hope to, uh, you know, hypothetically have a colossal sized event next year. And I would like to give you your bullet back and you can have our do over when we come back next year. So it's not like you're giving everybody a thousand uh, euro as a min cash. You just, here's your money back. And then that 15 to 20%, you know what? Here's 1.5x. And then when we get to the 15% to 10%, well, now here's your 2x, 2.5x. So, but it should still be, I mean, I know 500 to a million as Joe, as, or as you said, is a broad range, but I mean, a million out of 11 million is that's close to 10% of the prize pool, which is is hard to give to just one person. Good to have your expert perspective, Neil. Thank you very much. No problem. Always happy to help. So I think that's going to come as a surprise to a lot of people that if PokerStars were running the event, if the Colossus had occurred on the EPT, it would pretty much be exactly the same, although maybe even less for first because you're paying a quarter of the field. Yeah, absolutely. So I like that. I like Neil Johnson backing it up there. Now, the other big thing that happened at the World Series of Poker that really tickled me didn't actually happen at the World Series of Poker. Is this the Aria thing? Yeah. This is like, this is one of those things where like I was reading Twitter in bed and like, I don't often try to explain uh, like what's going on in the poker world to the people that I wake up next to. But this was so good that I was like, oh, you got to hear this. You got to hear this story. So uh, I'm sure most of you guys know about it already, but Aria is having this 25K super high roller, high roller, whatever you want to call it. And some guy registered for like the 125 nightly. It's the daily event which you and I played yeah. last time we were in Vegas. And it's like, it's a really good tournament actually, but they accidentally hand him a ticket for the 25K. And rather than say, oh, excuse me, sir, but there's been a mistake. He's just like, I don't even know if he got given the wrong ticket. I think he just got seated by the floor staff oh, okay. in the wrong event. I thought that he at least had a ticket for it. They basically put him in the wrong place. Now, it's a, it's a God's honest mistake, but the problem here seems to be that um, even though he was aware of the mistake, he did take the attitude like, well, I've just accrued myself the better part of 25K in equity, and um, I'm going to try and win this thing. It's like the guy, where, like, if you found out that there's been $50,000 accidentally put in your bank account, it's like, that shit is gone. I spent that shit. So, of course, eventually the mistake gets uncovered. They kick the guy out of the tournament, and there's a lot of talk, and no one knows for sure what's happened to the dude, but there's a lot of talk that he's been banned from all MGM Mirage properties. Yeah. Because, effectively, he practiced fraud. And, as you can imagine... Everyone on social media, everyone on the forums is like, no, it's their mistake. They should pay. They should compensate the players who he eliminated. They should have made up the 25K in the prize pool. So once again, I'm thinking, if this were to happen on the EPT, how would we deal with oh, it? Oh, let's do it again. Let's activate the whole Pope. 
got Neil Johnson back in the booth. Um, Neil, I've got another hypothetical for you. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's imagine that uh, on the EPT we ran a, a 125 euro tournament and at the same time there was a 25k high roller taking place. And maybe it's in a casino called like the Blaria. And what happens is a guy buys a ticket for the 125 event and accidentally gets a seat in the 25k. Could you see a situation where that would ever happen on the EPT? Um, I know for a fact it has happened. What? Pr uh, previously. Um, it happens to everybody eventually. When it happened to the guy who played it, Bust Tom Marchese? No. Okay. Damn. Uh, where did it happen? Uh, I believe it was San Remo. Uh, I mean, we've we've caught it a couple of times because it's when you're when you're registering multiple events at the same time and people are going and it can be uh, there's there's multiple checkpoints on the EPT because you've got you could be buying in through PokerStars so we have our registrations you could be buying in through the casinos so you have their registrations people buying in in cash and now a, a third registration setup so sometimes when you've got that many uh, areas doing it you might run into a problem where somebody uh, it's more common if say you were regging a five hundred and a five k at the same same time uh, but basically you uh, you then I mean the person obviously is is removed and uh, as quickly as possible and you know it's usually if you're if you're intentionally doing it like say you stayed in the tournament for hypothetically seven hours maybe knocked out so, three professional poker players uh, you know, ran up a three to four x start stack kind of thing um, then you know what you're probably looking at a, at a ban certainly for a year uh, or for the season, say, um, and possibly for even larger because you're technically really defrauding uh, the, the cashier. And what do you do for the folks that went broke in the tournament to this guy? Is there anything you can do at all? Um, I mean, yes and no. There's, it, it's a little bit hard to, hard to say because if, you know, let's say James is our $125 person um, or Euro person. Yeah, right. He's way too tight. He'd never pay 125 to enter a tournament. That's true. All right. Stapes is our 125 uh, euro, uh, euro person. He, um, I mean, most of the players would be happy to see you in a 25K. And if they bust you, they would never say anything about the fact that, uh, that you took the chips. This is actually genuine. I really like about Neil is that he sees things from other perspectives that I, I would never think of that, but you're right. So had he not busted anybody, had his chips just been divided to a really good player, probably no one would really care. Cause this isn't a unique situation to just the wrong buy-in. Let's say, let's say Joe is issued uh, table seven, seat eight. And Joe is a little dyslexic and he goes and sits at table no, eight, seat dyslexic. seven. No, he's not dyslexic, he's just stupid. Okay. He just goes to table eight, seat seven. And he- Story checks out, yeah. He plays for a half an hour and then uh, the real 8-7 comes and shows up and the dealer calls the floor and the floor is like, oh, let me see your receipts. And uh, it's like, oh, hey, Joe, you're at the wrong table. Joe's turned his 20K start stack into 45,000 and, and busted two people and he's not even supposed to be in that seat. Uh, now, depending on where you're at and which tournament director you have and stuff like that. You would eject him from the tournament and ban him from all live events. Good, good rolling, Neil. Good <laughs> exactly. rolling. Um, the... Uh, like in that situation, some tournament directors would possibly just leave him there because if you move Joe now, you're moving forty five thousand in chips off that table that that table can never get back and just sitting down a new starting stack. And you're moving to his original table with probably the table chip lead. So it's you know, but on the other hand, you have to figure out like was it like if he had table eight or table seven seat eight and he sat at nineteen four because it looked soft. <laughs> then, then you have a problem. This is actually a completely true story. One time I uh, entered a stud tournament and I accidentally sat down at a Hold'em tournament and I I never noticed the entire time. <laughs> I just didn't. I just thought it was a weird. I was a two card stud variation.
Neil, as ever, thank you very much no for problem. I'm analyzing go that situation. Back and to the thousand emails I have. Yeah, after you, my, you get uh, back to your day job. Hey, thanks a lot, Neil Johnson. We appreciate it. We'll try not to uh, abuse that power, but uh, much. Yeah, no, no, no promises. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Back after this. Coming soon on Minidisc. More music from the EPT. Remember the Doville webcast opener? No, neither do we. Plus, some of your favorite TV tunes, including the theme from Shark Cage. It just wouldn't be the PCA without this Caribbean lullaby. And no episode is complete without the next time. Also, songs from the EPT Not Life podcast, including the adventures in online poker bed. And for a limited time only special bonus track, the infamous EPT 10 rap. Now that's what I call the EPT Volume 2. Available exclusively from Woolworths. TV Recap. And once again, we're kind of sticking a square peg in a round hole and saying that Twitch is television, right? Well, we're actually reusing the same square peg that we stuck in the round hole last week because I actually haven't done a new high stakes poker since the last episode. So we thought we'd talk more generically about the whole Twitch thing. You kind of said at the start of the show, Joe, this is a Twitch special. And there is no ignoring the fact that Twitch is a huge platform when it comes to televised poker now. And it's very, there's that buzzword, it's not really a buzzword, it's a buzz phrase, user-generated content. And that is what Twitch is all about. It's basically any old Tom, Dick or Harry sitting in their basement putting themselves playing poker on on effectively TV. Yes, I was both, I was all three, the Tom, the Dick and the Harry on my uh, on my Twitch stream. Uh I did, uh, so, but there's a clip of it up online now, and I, I'm calling it my viral clip, even though it's not really viral. But uh, we did have some excellent moments uh, when me and my friend Elena uh, decided to play no delay cards up <laughs> poker on Poker Stars Dime last week, and we did manage. I do have one clip. If you guys haven't seen it, here's a little taste of what went down. Like we would ever. Uh, now everyone knows that I have top pair. Because <laughs> they can see this, right? Well, I don't, I'm not sure if this guy can or not. I think Bass. he can. I think Jeff Buzz can maybe see us. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's an unfortunate name, Bass. If you had smart, the problem is it's limit hold'em, so you could like raise, but I'm going to call him beep, no matter beep, what. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. He's waiting for the stream to catch up so he can see what cards <laughs> I have and to see if he's beating me or not. Oh. Okay. Yeah. This now, this guy. This is dirty right now because I think he knows I'm streaming and he's waiting for the like the slight delay to catch up to see if he's beating me or not. And of course, yeah, no, he just had a straight flush. He's just slow rolling me. Nice one. 
Nice one, dude. So, um, so wait, you're talking to them and them at the same time. Yeah. So this, this is, is so this is happening. This is like happening live. So he had a straight flush. He was just fucking with me. He like sat there and thought forever uh, just to get one extra bite, bit at, bat out of me, which was actually kind of funny. Um, but if he ever did that in a casino, everyone would hate him like forever. But uh, online, everyone's a big man. Everyone's a real big man because well, they don't have to confront each other. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, so. Had like, you seen the tubs of muscle milk in this apartment, you would not want to confront you. <laughs> that, of course... Can I just check? The muscle milk isn't a euphemism for anything, is it? No, it is okay. not. It is a, as a product. Other other protein supplements are available, but she was obsessed with the fact that I had like protein powder in my house because she's like, you're not muscular. What are you doing with this? So you got slow rolled by some guy with a straight flush. If you're going to get slow rolled, that's a good hand to get slow rolled and by. And the weirdest part was the dude then went on to defend himself in the chat saying that it wasn't a slow roll. And that because like... It was a nit roll because he someone else might have had a higher straight flush. It wasn't a nit roll. It was more like he had to like pretend to have a decision so he could get another bet out of me because it was limit hold'em. And the way I feel about it is like... That's ex- because his limit hold'em is the exact reason why you don't have to. Like, I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to base my read for one bet on, like, how long you tanked. No. Uh, you did no. reference there, Joe, that you famously played uh, various forms of poker without any delay. So people yeah. who were at your table were able to see your whole cards. Is that going to continue? Because I know it's generated a little bit of controversy. Yeah, I just got an email about that, actually. We can't do it anymore. We can't even do it on Zoom. We can't do the cards up anymore. Somebody out there had to point out that it's not fair to the other people, and I'm doing this as a bit. It's fine. You actually have a point, the person who pointed this out. However, I don't like my fun being ruined by those corporate fat cats in their suits drinking out of their their crystal vases telling me... Who would have thought that you'd be one to throw your toys out of the pram? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I can't do I can't do no delay anymore. Uh, I am going to do my second attempt at high staves poker tonight, which I know doesn't mean anything in podcast land. But Thursday, June fourth, I am going to do another. But it'll episode. be archived, so anyone who goes to Twitch.tv/slash/PokerStars will be able to revisit it down the line. Exactly. Well, my plan is for today is that I'm going to try to Annette Oberstad something and just play with my whole cards as a complete mystery to me and the audience. You're going to tell me I can't have whole cards? Fine. Nobody's going to have whole cards. Not even me. So you're going to use that function where it actually has your whole cards turned Covered over. Up, yeah. You can manually look at them, but you're not going to look at them. Correct. I'm not going to look at them. Now, I do wonder, though, is there an integrity issue if everyone knows I'm not looking at my cards? That's also Ooh. an integrity issue, right? You're just determined to like upset the waters. I don't want to upset the world. I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun and lose a bunch of poker stars' money. Is that too much to ask? I just want to give money away on the stream. So we're going to figure something out. I don't know if that's... We're, I'm going to actually get to the bottom of this after the podcast today and figure out what I can actually do. We may have to go to a home game. I may have to set up a home game, and that way if it's my own private home game... You can do whatever you do want. Do whatever I want, and I can just do no delay there, hopefully. Um, so yeah, so... That's that's the deal. We're going to get that worked out, but I could also really use, I just think, some advice on how to be a better castor. Well, I think we need to go to the pros on this yeah, one. Let's... I think we need to go to the experts. And there is one guy who, when you say poker on Twitch, everyone thinks of. And that man is... Jamie Staples. Jamie Staples. Sadly, he wasn't available. But the good news is Jason Somerville joins us from Las Vegas. Hey, second wow. best, not bad. Yeah, what's going on, guys? How Jason, guys I assume you can take that joke because you are Mr. Twitch. I mean, as far as poker's concerned, I mean, <laughs> we're going to look back at the second poker boom. It's going to be Chris Moneymaker for live poker, Jason Somerville for poker on Twitch. 
Oh, but, I don't know about that, buddy boy. Well, you're very humble, and the thing is, I do. I, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm overstating things a little bit, but what you're doing is really kind of a big deal, and it's all anyone's talking about these days, and everyone's mimicking you, like everyone's trying to follow in your footsteps. How does that feel? Well, you know, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate all the kind words, of course, and uh, it's awesome to be a part of something like this. You know, I mean, for years I had been the guy that was, like, talking about, oh, if only we could do X, and if only we could do Y, and actually I had very often talked about how you guys on the EPT do the best job of doing live streams you know, across the whole industry, and uh, so to actually have a, an ability to create my own content and do it in a way that has been so well-received on Twitch, and I mean, it's it's been really unreal. It's been an amazing journey. And uh, it's really kind of just blown up. You know, we started October 1st. We're barely like nine months into, you know, this whole Twitch poker experiment, really. So to be a part of this whole thing has been amazing. And of course, it's a game of two halves, Brian, because from the beginning of this year, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a soccer expression. Uh, from the start of this year, you have been a member of Team Poker Stars Pro. You must have loved that carrot being dangling. So here's the thing, Jason, we'll give you a contract, but you have to stream for two and a half months nonstop. <laughs> Well, actually, it actually was kind of the other way around because nobody at PokerStars ever told me I had to do anything. I was going to say that was definitely your idea, wasn't it? What was it, 69 straight days of broadcasting? Uh, 78 days in a row where I did six and a half half hours a day. And uh, yeah, I I almost hit 500 hours of broadcasting over that uh, two and a half hours, uh, two and a half uh, months of time. So yeah, I mean, I wanted to do that. It was one of those things that like I had been in the bullpen for so long, you know, like I was just kind of waiting to get rolling and uh, obviously talking to stars and getting everything sorted out. So once the, once the, we were, you know, pretty much agreed to the deal, I was like, all right, I want to stream and I want to stream a lot. And so that's what I did. You know, I mean, I, I feel like by the time we got towards like the 70th, I mean, even like the 30th day, I really felt like I was in a good rhythm and that, you know, I, I felt super comfortable doing it. And we had kept growing the audience every week and, you know, new people were coming every week also, which was also awesome. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was probably one of the it was definitely a stress a stressful and like a uh arduous two and a half months but i also really enjoyed every day so uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm just gonna ask for a little bit of honesty here jason because not being funny joe and i love what we do and we love it when we're on location and we're doing the live stream but by the yeah. time you get to day nine in our case you're kind of waking <laughs> up thinking do we really have to do this today Oh, you is, guys definitely understand. <laughs> you, you, you must. There must have been at least one day out of the seventy-eight where you wake, woke up and went, "Oh Christ, do I I'm have to say, fire up the computer?" I'm going to say no. I think he's a psycho. <laughs> I think that he looks forward to it every day. What, what is it? What say you? It, it's a, it's a combination. You know, like I, I was really focused. Like I, I knew when I started this that there was going to be no room for me to even feel like the emotional tingle of wanting to do something else. So I knew that when I started this that I was going to be focused and there was nothing but, you know, like to me, the only thing that would stop me is my own self. And so I, I knew I was going to grind through this and I really wanted to stay consistent and start every day at noon. I mean, there were two days that I was feeling like really sick and nauseous at the start of the day, but I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just start and you know what? If Daniel can pee on stream, I can puke on stream. So why were you feeling sick and nauseous? Did you eat something other than chicken fingers? No, excuse me. I had uh, I had whole wheat. Or I had, I'll say I'll call it macaroni and cheese every morning, and I had a turkey burger every evening for seventy eight days in a row, with like one exception. But that. again, that's the way you like it, though, right? I mean, that's yeah, sure. that's self imposed. 
Yeah, for sure, dude. I, I mean, I also didn't go, I also did not leave the uh, house that I was staying in for those 78 days. A couple of times I would open the door and stand on the precipice. Well, that's actually not true. I, I did leave the house uh, two times. That was the only time I left the apartment for uh, 78 days. No, no joke. Hey, uh, just stay focused, man. I'm a focused guy. You are a focused guy, but if I can delve into that a little bit further, I mean that's that's not normal. Like what? And but it's okay. You're okay with that. Like you don't miss it. You don't miss the outdoors. You don't miss driving. Well, uh, I mean, it's not that I like don't miss it, but it's that you know, like if I was gonna go out and like see people and do things and do everything else, like I would have felt like I was gonna be distracted from the pattern and the rhythm that I really settled into. Like I'm not the kind of okay. guy that likes waking up at the same time, and I, I kind of like you know staying up really late and doing my own thing. And so to to do something 78 days in a row, like I had never really done that before. And even when I was a kid, I would still be able to stay up late on the weekends, you know. So to do something exactly like that, I wanted to be very regimented. Like I, I knew it would be difficult. To, for like a self-control point of view if I was doing other things and I'd be tempted to take breaks and to take days off and make excuses. I didn't want to make any excuses. I just wanted to, you know, put my full effort into the stream and, you know, be consistently live at every single day at noon. And, you know, it's hard for poker players to do anything consistently. You know, I, I speak for us. No, they uh, bitch and players. moan pretty consistently. That seems to be a pretty <laughs> That's true. easy thing That's to pull true. off. Here's the thing, here's the thing, Jason. Joe mentioned that you have basically become Mr. Twitch. Everyone is following in your footsteps. And I mean everyone, whether it's <laughs> professional poker players, whether it's fellow members of Team Pro, whether it's recreational players, everyone wants to fire up stars and stream on Twitch, including my co-host, Joe Stapleton. I saw so, a couple minutes of that, actually. Yeah, that was great. Okay, well, we need your expertise here because, number one, we want you to critique high stapes poker but also <laughs> to anyone who's thinking of like doing a twitch stream, what is the perfect recipe? What elements do you have to have? Help me out here, buddy. Well, honestly, the the biggest number one key thing uh, on Twitch, and this is something that I've learned from other streamers that I respect a lot, is consistency. It's something that you know if you're not going to be able to grow a successful Twitch stream unless people know they can watch you on a very consistent schedule. And to me, there's nothing more consistent than seven days a week, every <laughs> single day. So, <laughs> you know, that's definitely the biggest thing. You know, I mean, the most successful streamers on Twitch stream every single day for the vast majority of the year. And uh, you know, I think. That that's more important than almost anything else, and uh, I think everything else beyond that is good. But you know, being consistent, I think, is is number one. Once you get the basics of knowing how to broadcast, having an entertaining stream, you know, in order to really build it, you have to be doing it consistently. So, okay, that was going to be my question, and my first thing is like, how important is it that you do broadcast every day to build an audience? And I guess that's it. That's like number one thing. I don't yeah. think I can do that with my other responsibilities. That's kind of a bummer. That is, well, you uh, know, it depends on your goals, man. As as like for a streamer, like you know, I mean, like for me, you know, my my goals were a little bit different than yours. I'm sure would be where you know you're doing it probably more for fun, whereas you know I was dedicating every fiber of my being into it. You know what I mean? Like there's certainly you don't have to follow that path to have success and to enjoy streaming. You know, what I mean, it's certainly just a, a a bit of a different world than anything that we've ever seen before in poker. That's for sure. But. uh an interesting one for sure. Well, I guess we're just kind of similar in the sense that like when I do something that I want to be one of the best at it. So even though my sure. goal isn't to be a Twitch streamer, you know, as my career, um, I do want it to be good. And so I guess I'm going to have to do it a little more often right now. I'm scheduled to do it once a week, but that sounds like it's not going to cut the mustard. 
No, I would I would say that you know people are going to want their 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 dose of stapes, my friend. You know, I mean, they're going to want to get that consistency in there. Otherwise, you know, there are so many things going on on Twitch that if you're not consistently getting people to watch every single day, you're going to lose you're going to lose that audience. They're not going to be able to come you know over and over again. And that's you know that's just the the long and short of it right there. But you know, I mean, you could still have goals for your Twitch channel, like just trying to you know whether they're poker related goals or you know personal goals as far as you know not that you guys need okay, it, so like, goals. That's something I could do, have a goal in mind. Sorry, I can't get past the fact that a dose of stapes sounds like a euphemism for venereal disease. There's so much <laughs> there's so much easier ways to get a dose of stapes than oh. watching my Twitch stream. Like a, uh. pretty much available to anyone. Uh, Jason, one thing I wanted to ask you about is there it, one of the things that Twitch seems to do really well is um it, it, rack attacks. Rack attacks are really good. I actually really enjoy the rack attacks. The Twitch audience has grown on me, basically. And at first, I found it to be really somewhat off-putting. Uh, sure. And there'd be, like, a lot of... I don't even want to... It's not so much hateful stuff on there, but just sort of negative things on there. Puerile. Puerile, sure. And a lot sure. of this stuff thrown around there is, like, a lot of... It's, like, a lot of gay insults. Like, you're gay, this person's gay. And I just wonder, <laughs> for you, as a gay person, uh, how does how do you deal with that? Does, do you care? Does it bother you? Did I lose you? Or is this like a really... Like oh, hold on a second. Hold on. We lost you for a second. And it was a great time to lose you because it was it was as if you didn't want to answer the question. So no. go ahead. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's Twitch chat. You know, like you have to take it. You have to take it with a grain of salt. Of course, you know it's anonymous internet chat. You know what I mean? Like, of course, people are. There's going to be a, a big percentage of people that are just, you know, random. You know, just garbage creating members. You know, that just happens. But the vast majority of people on Twitch are just like a unique kind of brand of dirty basement kid. Honestly, like they're not. <laughs> they're just, you know, and I'm a dirty basement kid. You know, so I feel at home on Twitch. Honestly, like, you know, and I got to tell you that, like, for my channel, at least, you know, I have a great team of people that help me moderate and I have a, a pretty strong community I really don't think we get too much of that nonsense you know I mean I've got I've been told some pretty terrible things in the last you know three months of course on Twitch and I've had to answer more questions in the last three months and I've had to answer in the rest of my life combined for sure but you know I still think I, I really enjoy streaming and of course there's some element of negativity to it but I, I tend to find that I, I really enjoy streaming I mean like really there were only like a couple days that I didn't enjoy streaming in the last few months and one of those days I had a migraine in the middle of a tournament run and my left eye stopped working holy and I, shit there's, there's actually a part of the tournament where i'm like i have pocket fours here and everyone's like oh my god he has threes is he trolling and i just actually couldn't tell what i had and i still just streamed through it though and i actually cast that tournament it was a 1k and uh you know so it's fun man to be a part of the community and uh, i i think you know once you do it consistently you build up this community and you kind of can set that tone, and I think you know as you guys embrace Twitch, you know more and more in your future broadcasts. I think that they'll kind of warm up to you as you kind of get to know them, and they kind of get to know you a little bit as well. You know, I think you know I, I've I watched you guys in Monte Carlo a little bit of uh, of Malta, the stuff that was going on there too. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you got to just kind of get to know each other a little bit. You know, you I would say yeah. You can warm them up a little bit. I, I, Jason, I know you like the raptor metaphors, but I like it. it's kind of like Chris Pratt in the uh, the Jurassic World commercial where you can see him and he's just sort of slowly taming the raptors. Like, take it easy, guys. <laughs> We're all on the same team. I love the analogy you used uh, on this show a couple of weeks ago where you described it like a, a pet chimpanzee where you have to kind of like acknowledge it yeah. and like pet it from time to time, but don't make eye contact. Don't, don't <laughs> hold eye contact for too long and don't ignore it. That is the real... Danger. Don't ignore it. Jason, uh, you, you, you mentioned, you said dirty basement kid. Now, is that something you came up with? 
Yeah, uh, back actually on Twitch like eight eight months ago, like when I first started, somebody somebody came to chat and was like, "Who is this dirty basement kid here?" And I took it as a compliment. I was like, "That's right, us dirty basement kids hanging out here on Twitch. That's how we do." And honestly, like I, I've kind of turned it into like another variant of calling my run it up community, you know, us dirty right. basement kids. And I mean, honestly, it's like kind of how I feel, you know. I mean, honestly, I'm not that kind of guy that likes to go out and like party and like you know go to clubs and bars and things like that. Like I tend to be a little bit more introverted and like to spend time by myself and you know I, I'm a very big video gamer I'm definitely like you know I, I definitely feel like you know I, I'm a I'm that kind of person that I kind of like being by myself and so I think a lot of people on Twitch tend to feel kind of like a kindred spirit with that and so we've kind of taken that dirty basement kid label and like owned it and be like that's right that's how right. that's how we are it is what it is well, you know? I gotta tell and, you uh, I'm very jealous of sort of the catchphrases that have become associated with Run It Up. Just <laughs> what a great brand it is. I really am that people Thanks, are, are, are feverish. They're very um, into the RIU, the Run It Up thing. You've got uh, Dirty Basement Kid. You've got Enorma Pengar is another yep. right catchphrase from you yep. guys. What other words are there that I'm missing out on? Well, there there were a lot of great ones. Uh, I mean, it's not something that I've invented, but we really ran with peaking, peaking in tournaments, peaking, peaking in the tournaments. <laughs> we really, we really ran with like. We, I mean, there are so many jokes over the course of the season, man, that were great. So many like different, like unique smiley faces, and you know, I, we made a list a little while ago with some uh, some running up fans, and it's just crazy. You know, I'm here at the World Series now, and every single day as I'm walking around, I get to meet a diversity of running up warriors who are representing in in gear at the Rio, and we're talking, you know, older women. Women, you know, random middle-aged guys, you know, young kids. I mean, not like kids, kids, but, you know, like a huge diversity of people that are all telling me that, you know, they've watched the show every day for 70 days in a row. I met a guy literally yesterday whose name was Charlie, and he's like, hey, I love the show. It's a guy wearing a hoodie, 55 years old. He's like, I watched 70 days in a row. You know how? I, and you know what that got me? And I'm like, what? He's like, I just won the deep stack for, for 30K today. And the guy's just like some random 55-year-old guy who, who loves the show. I mean, how cool is that? And you said and, to him, uh, I now I want my commission. <laughs> Give me my piece. Please. Yeah, 10%, please. Well, Jason, yeah. I'm I'm su- I'm like I'm not going to I'm not going to lie, I'm super jealous. Like I think it's awesome, like not in a bad way, but I'm very envious of the brand that you've built and just how how passionate your fans are and just what a cool thing you've done and I'm super proud of you and also very much jealous. So, I just want to say <laughs> that that's fantastic. Now, I was hoping, Jason, before we cut you loose that you play one of my patented games. Now, just to lay this Let's out there, it. there is no way you can perform worse than the other Jason on Team Pro, Mr. Mercia, <laughs> who okay. I think it's fair to say screwed the pooch last wow. week, big time. Yeah, Jason has never done well at my games. This Jason, I think, I think you get me, Jason. I think that this, <laughs> I think that you get me. I think you're going to get this game. Now, it's clear that Jason Somerville is well versed in the art of twitches, but how well does he know his other itches? Time to find out in a game I like to call. Know your itches. <laughs> wow. I will be keeping score. Jason. Steve yeah. Martin in My Blue Heaven and Vincent Pastore in The Sopranos both played these. Uh, mobsters? I don't know. What's itches got to do with that? Itches. All know. of them. All of the answers are itches in some way. <laughs> itches in some way. So uh, if a mobster were, for example, to talk to the FBI, they would become a... Oh, snitches. Okay, snitches. I got got right, it. It's two in the morning over here. That's in Vegas, okay, buddy. To be fair, we had to give Mercia practically right. the answers spelled out. Okay, so the, the <laughs> odd clue here or there won't won't do any harm. Even spelling okay. didn't help, Jay. He was like S N O. What is that? Uh, question number okay. two. I got you. These 
can often make you walk through walls or get trapped in them. Hmm, make you walk through walls. You mentioned a few moments ago that you are a, a gamer. It's a gamer question. Hmm, some sort of like invisibility thing, or like, uh, hmm. I don't know, you have to help me out with this one too, I guess. Man, I gotta do better than Jason, but... This one, know. it is two in the morning, this one is glitches. Glitches. We were looking for glitches. Now, that's probably the hardest one, so don't worry, you got, you got time here. Here we go, question number three. Seven questions total. In the movie right. Caddyshack, Judge Smales suggests Danny should spend his life digging what? Uh, ditches. Correct, Boom. digging there ditches. The world needs ditch diggers too. I'm on, I'm on the board. You're two and one, Jason. It's all good. One and two, I think, technically, but that's fine. We'll count it two and one. Jason, I, you don't, I know you don't get out of the house much, and I know in general when you do, it's not to find ladies, but these types of females can often be found in a coven. Hmm. I thought you were going to say bitches was going to be the answer to this, <laughs> but uh, I guess that's not what you're looking for here, huh? Not for this question, at least. <laughs> Some sort of like nun sort of thing. Well, it's like the exact opposite of a nun. Isn't that, co isn't that coven? Oh, witches! Witches! Yeah. Correct. Yeah, nice. Boom. Uh, when he was nine, question number five. When he was nine, my brother got seven of these. Stitches. Boom. Yes. Wow, he got that one right away. Apparently, he knows my brother really well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> me, me and Peter Stapleton are big, big friends. <laughs> You're crushing now. Four and one. That's right. Jason, people with big egos sometimes get too big for these. They're britches. I mean, it's unreal. Correct. And finally, according to many a stand-up comedian, what be crazy? <laughs> That'd be them bitches right Bitches there. be crazy. Nice work, Jason right. Somerville. You Final got the hang score, of it. Wow. Six and one. You crushed Mercia. Wow. I was worried about that one. I thought that my team, my team pro role was uh, up for grabs there, so I'm glad I held on to that. Whew. Glitches was tough, though. That was a tough one. I, I, that was a very tough one. I should have put that one towards the end. Jason Somerville, thanks a lot for being with us, buddy. We appreciate it, and uh, many happy returns. And I hope, I hope you blow, uh, not blow, excuse me. I hope you, I hope you blow League of Legends out of the water. That's I what I was so trying too, to say, but it's just an yeah. awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. I look forward to uh, doing some more casting with you guys, hopefully later on this year. Yes, that would be, be cool. great. And uh, enjoy the rest of the series in Vegas, Jason. Thank you. I'm hopefully going to uh, do some work and run it up. That's right. Adventures in Online Poker. So just to be clear, yeah. this was you playing poker without any intentions of twitching. This was you playing poker for the sake of playing poker. Well, I was Sunday, right? And I had a potential date scheduled. And I was like, you know, it's, I hadn't heard back from this girl. And I was like, you know, it's a surefire way to make sure this girl wants to see me tonight. Get and, in a bunch of poker tournaments. Get in a bunch of poker yeah. tournaments. It's like a magnet for girls getting back to you. Like when you're not paying attention to them anymore. So I decided, and I also was like, geez, we're really light on content for the show this week, which apparently we weren't, but it felt like it at the time. And I was like, man, I better just play some online poker and just have something to talk about on the show. This pretty much fucking sucked from start to finish. I tried to satellite in. Joe, this this unfortunately is kind of ringing a bell with me. The <laughs> last time we ran Adventure in Online Poker and you played a couple of scoops, 
it started with the line, this pretty much sucked for me. No, no, no. Well, because when I played the scoops, I went super deep. I finished 285th oh, out of 50,000. I think it was the last time you played a Sunday Million. Sunday right? Million. And the Sunday Storm. Yeah. That, that kind of went went bad. Yeah, that, that went bad. But this one, uh, so I tried to play a couple of satellites, right. uh, which I would recommend doing. I tried to play, one of my tried was the, was a hyper turbo. It was like a t- 2X shootout hyper turbo, which seems like pretty good value to me because... Look, if I'm going to play a satellite, I want it to be fast. Yeah. And I want it to, there to be not a ton of thinking involved. So, um, and it's, you know, that's exactly what the two times hyper turbo is. And I think it's like 13 bucks, 11 bucks or something. And they give like five seats away. Now, here's the thing. It took, it took a while for it to fill up though. So I like started, basically I joined a satellite that needed a hundred players, like a, basically like a multi-table sit and go yeah and then i forgot about it for hours and then i got real into house of cards i realized i hadn't <laughs> finished house of cards season three and uh, to be honest to say i got real into it was not really i was deep into it i wasn't like you kind of feel that you've stuck with it for this long yeah. so you want to keep it's watching. not very good it's not it's good not very good it's, it's really not good the, the scene in the church was terrible it was like was laughable the dialogue now what happens at the end of that scene was actually pretty cool with the statue Oh yeah, yeah. But the yeah. dialogue in that scene was just talking about God and when is it right to kill? Like I've seen that scene a million times in movies before. It just was real bad. Why did they think it was a good idea to have Pussy Riot in the show? Yeah, talking about things that tilt me, by the way, and I want to make this clear: there are no spoilers in what I'm about to say. I am going to mention Game of Thrones, but I know that some people haven't even started we don't do watching it. We don't it. spoil. Some we people do are on season four. I am pretty much I would up quit to date. The show if James spoiled. No, Game no, of no, Thrones, no, no. Right? I'm not going to spoil Game of Thrones. This won't mean anything to anyone who hasn't watched the show, and anyone who's watched beyond season two will get this reference. Okay, okay? I'm pretty much up to date. Does anyone, anyone, give a shit about Sam and Gilly? It is the most annoying, irrelevant, pointless storyline in the entire show. There are too many characters, too many storylines. Something's got to give. That one could easily give. You're saying if Game of Thrones were a tweet and you needed to reduce a couple of characters, the first two to go would like the, like the period in the extra space would be Sam and Gilly. Totally. Yeah, I'm not that interested in them either. I'm only a few episodes into season three. I think maybe three episodes into season... Whatever season we're on five. now. Sorry, season five. <laughs> whatever. It's just years. No big deal. Um, yeah, I'm, I haven't... But like, there's been nothing... Now, I know that some pretty crazy shit happens that I haven't seen yet in Game of Thrones, but there's been nothing about season five that I've, like, given a shit about, to be honest, at all. So Yeah, it's been pretty slow so yeah. far uh, anyway we digress yes. back to the pokers so, on yeah, the Sunday so I played a, I played a couple of uh, Sunday Million satellites didn't get in so I decided hey I'm just going to buy in because I really wanted to go on this date um, and then about three hours into it I go broke and also get told oh I can't tonight <laughs> <laughs> so however the silver lining well the chrome lining I should say is that I'm now a Chrome Star VIP. I have some golf. Again. Golf applause for Joe Selbson. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. See, I, sh- I could have just saved myself hours of frustration on Sunday and just transferred my money directly to a winning player. I still think your frustrations probably springs more from House of Cards not being very good and your date being cancelled more from your lack of success in the poker tournament. You know what actually is really tilting me too is that I used to have a really great cash record in the Sunday Million and a couple times I've played... Should have retired when you were three for four. I should have and like my problem now is that like that's me logging the poker stars by the way because I genuinely have to send someone some money. Um... 
Yeah, like, and I, I've played when my heart really hasn't been in it. And I will say to you guys, even though I'm supposed to be shilling poker here, don't, don't do that. Like, don't, when you're like, not really feeling it, don't play because you don't play that well. Absolutely. It's, and so I was just gotta playing. You've got to be in the mood. You've got to be in the zone. Yeah, I was just playing to like have some content for the show and we squeeze a little juice out of it, but it certainly wasn't worth the 250 bucks I blew. Speaking of which, so I'm just going to transfer $22 to Artem Korolev. Oh, for last week's banana last commercial. Last week's banana commercial, yeah. So good job, Artem Korolev. So it was the easiest $22 he ever made. Uh, maybe he could use that to play a satellite for EPT Barcelona because I didn't even realize this, Joe, until I searched in the PokerStars lobby that satellites for the first event of Season 12 of the European Poker Tour are already running. Does that mean that there's a schedule out for EPT Barcelona? Because Phil Sternheimer was asking me, do I know when the Super High Roller is, stuff like that? It's coming out really soon. In fact, it'll be out by the time we record next week's show, and I think we should look at it next week. I think we've also got some key dates for the other events, like when the Super High Rollers and the Standard High Rollers are going to be. So we'll look in detail at some of the Season 12 dates next week. It does begin in Barcelona at the end of August. The main event, if you want a satellite in now, there are a variety of satellites running right now on stars i want to highlight uh, a couple of games that are taking place on sunday because that's when a lot of people choose to play just like joe did a reminder that the sunday million with its one million dollar guaranteed prize pool runs every sunday at 2 30 eastern or as we like to call it poker stars time uh, <laughs> so you can fire up that one you can also fire up a 530 euro satellite to ept barcelona which has three packages guaranteed uh, starting a couple of hours after that uh, there is a 82 euro rebuy event with one seat guaranteed. Now, if these numbers sound a little bit high, if you're thinking 530 euros is a little bit out of my bankroll, you can satellite into that satellite for as little as four euros and 40 cents. Oh, that's cool. Four euros and 40 cents seems to be in most people's ranges. So that's cool. And we would love to see you, by the way, if you listen to the show and you play a satellite based on what you've heard here and you make it to EPT Barcelona, come find us. We'll come find you with a camera. We'll do something. We'll talk to you. Absolutely. So my advice would be fire up your PokerStars client, go to tournaments, make sure you've got the filter switched off and just search EPT in the search box and it'll basically bring up all those EPT Barcelona satellites. Uh, they're, 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 they're kicking off basically every single day. I'm just highlighting the ones this weekend, this coming Sunday. Uh, but basically any day of the week, there's a chance to win a seat in this event and come join us on the European Poker Tour. But I'll tell you what's not in the PokerStars lobby, Joe. What? There are no bubble-less tournaments. And I haven't forgotten the fact that you pitched this idea a few weeks ago, and I said that when Neil Johnson was better again, because he was a bit poorly after yep. the grand final, that we would pitch this idea to him. So I think now will be another good opportunity to activate the whole boat. We brought Neil Johnson back into the booth. Hello again, guys. I'm um, kind of curious as to why all of these weren't uh, done at the same time. Is he it, does the running orders. Blame him. It, uh, okay. But he's going to make up for it because Joe has got something to pitch you, Neil, which I think is going to become a mainstay on every single stop on the European Poker Tour. Okay. Sorry, Neil. I really, I really should have thought of this earlier when you were talking about the Colossus and how you would pay twenty five percent of the field and someone would just get their money back. I've been meaning the, the hypothetical is... colossal. Yeah, the colossal tournament. Sorry, sorry, okay. sorry. Um, uh, the Colossus is a roller coaster in California. Uh, what I want to ask you is, Neil, what do you think of my idea to have a bubbleless tournament that everyone makes the money? Everyone makes the money. You just might not make all of your buy in back, but like you're guaranteed to get like something back. So there's no bubble. There's no stalling. 
I've actually I've heard that type idea before where like if it's a 500 buy in, the first guy out gets five bucks and then the next guy out gets seven bucks. Bubbleless tournament, like a flourless tort. It's still really good. Yes and no. The the couple of issues, number one is I don't think any tournament staff in the world want to run a 500-player tournament where they have to pay everybody. <laughs> like that, I well, think. It's, it's about the players, Neil. It's not about I, the tournament I completely staff. Un, I completely understand. I mean, understand. how hard is it poker stars to pay out 500 people in a tournament? I mean, what, are you not making enough money? Can you not hire some more people? Wow, I that's like I have the weirdest like deja vu now. See, this is where this is where he so he came up with the basic concept, but then this is this is this is where my business brain kicks in. Okay. You can rake the shit out of this. Do you know why? <laughs> because anyone who played it would be guaranteed a flag. Because the ranking system would denote it as a cash. No, wait, I'm on board now. Somebody call Dreyfus. <laughs> Let's sportify poker. I want hand and mob it's the hand and mob invitational. We we've gotta hold it in somewhere like I don't, like the Canary Islands exactly. or, Somewhere obscure. or Christmas Island or like what's some little island down near Antarctica that we would never get a flag of. It's the Hendon Mob Invitation. The island of Satirius Catupus. Perfect <laughs> place for it. Exactly. We want some place that nobody's going to get a flag from ever. And we go, I'm, I'm completely on board now. Boom. Excellent. The whole Pope has signed up. Look for it on season 12 of the European Poker Tour. And once again, for the third time today, Neil Johnson, thank you very much for your yeah, time. And we don't have anything else, right? We're, no, no, we're no, no, good. no. We're good. I've got we're not like sure. meetings. We're like, and... I mean, look, it's, we, we never can tell. Uh, okay. I'm going to hold on just a second while I switch my phone off. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been good, guys. Okay. It's competition time. We're going across the Atlantic, hoping to give away some prizes in this week's... One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. And playing today, Joe, for that Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt and that Step C ticket worth 27 euros is a man who is a genuine superfan and has proved it on more than one occasion. We're going to Canada and saying good morning to Glenn Weber. Hello, Glenn. Welcome. Good morning, James. Good morning, Stapes. Glenn Weber, I got to tell you, man, you are awesome. There are not many people who are just as all-around supportive as you are like you're just you are truly a super fan man i'm so appreciative to have you out there even people that are like mostly super fans will say something real catty every once in a while or just say something rude not glenn weber glenn weber you're <laughs> at the very top of my list buddy even Thank though you, you share your name with a big white tomcat that came into my house and urinated everywhere, I'm not going to hold that against you, Glenn. The cat's name was Glenn Weber? No, just Glenn. <laughs> oh. But crucially, well, well, I, Glenn with two I M's. I promise if I ever visit you, I will not do that. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> yeah, I like how he worded that, though, because he, he he's it's still in his head that he might come visit, because that's how big a super fan he is. <laughs> it's not out of the realm that he'll visit. He just won't pee in your house. <laughs> Well, my wife, Amanda, actually has suggested planning a trip to to an EPT stop. What a fantastic wife. Yeah, I, I've got the best. Well, Glenn, we'd love, we'd love to meet you face-to-face. We'd love to have you there, and uh, hopefully you can make it sometime during Season 12. I would love to. We'll see what happens. Okay, well, we're hoping to put you on that first step by winning that Step C ticket and that T-shirt, we're going to play a game as I open the sealed envelope. A game I like to call Nobody Remembers Second Place. Superfan versus Stakes. 
little premature, Joseph. And here's how it works. That's what she said. There are eight questions, and we're going to draw at random who gets what question. I'm going to read you the name of an event, and to keep it simple, we're not going back into the annals of EPT history. These are all events from the last two years. Nah. So they're all events from season 11 or season 10. James, you know events that I've commentated on are my weakness. Exactly. I'm on Glenn's side. <laughs> so basically, I'm going to ask you who won that event. That's the easy part, and that'll get you a point. If you can tell me who finished second as well, I'll give you an extra two points. That's the tough part, because nobody remembers second place. <laughs> okay, so Glenn, I'm going to draw a number for you. I've basically got some playing cards in front of me. Joe's going to be a witness, and you can trust him, almost. Uh, so the first card I flip over is number three, so you get question three. The event is EPT10 London. So that was EPT London 2013. Who won that tournament? Oh. Um. You know what I'm finding is that a lot of the super fans are super fans of us and not necessarily of the poker. <laughs> well, I'm a relatively new super fan. That is um, true. You can, you come on real strong in the last year, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, most of my poker knowledge has actually come from the two plus two poker cast. So I knew that you guys were around, but I didn't realize how big the tour was. And now it's my favorite one. But going back, it's flattery will get you everywhere, Glenn. But it's not going to get you a point <laughs> unless you can uh -oh. tell me who won EPT Ten London. You know what? I actually just went back and watched a bunch of final tables in preparation. <sighs> he even oh, did I... homework. Wow. Uh, was know. it um i can't think of his first name it's like yatalo do you know what glenn i'm gonna give it to because him because i like you you're gonna get that point robin ulatalo yes he was okay, the winner yeah. of ept 10 london now can you get an extra two points and tell me who was the runner-up who finished second to robin no i don't think i'm gonna be able to pull that one out which means joseph stapleton you can steal for two points Georgius Karakousis. Wow, Stapleton oh. gets two points and is two one-uppers. He was Greek. Yes. And you, do you guys ever hear the one about the Greek poker player? He made a Euro call. <laughs> That's right. Let's move swiftly on and give Joe uh, his question. All right, all right. That was a bad joke. Uh, nice Joe, time. you got question five. All and right. coincidentally, it's another London event. It's EPT 11 London. Who won EPT 11 London? Oh, man. When is 11? That was this year, right? Uh, well, not this year. It was actually 2014. This season. We the one we were just at. That was... Oh, man. It was Kevin McF... Hold on. Who was it? Andre Latow. Incorrect. Glenn, you can steal for a point. Who won EPT 11 London? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to retitle this quiz. Nobody oh, remembers rem the winner. I remember yeah, now. No, yeah, nothing's coming to me. I think I started watching a little bit later than Glenn, that. He's the guy that cried. Remember him? He was real sweet. I don't think Glenn's going to get it. The answer was Sebastian Pauli. No. Um, but Joe, the second part of your question was who was the runner-up? Who was second? Yeah, Kevin McPhee. Yeah, so you do get two points for that. Um, your knowledge of runners-up is better than your knowledge of winners. <laughs> yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. It's almost like this quiz was designed for you. Well, uh, I realized I was saying the answer out loud halfway through it. <laughs> uh, Glenn, you've drawn an easy one. Question four. The PCA 2014. It was a biggie. 
Um, oh, uh, um, ah, uh, yeah, I do know this one. Um, get there, Glenn. <sighs> oh, jeez, I. Dominic Panka. Yes, for a point. And can you tell me who finished second to Dominic Panka in the PCA 2014? <laughs> uh, I don't have Joe's knowledge of the runners up. Um, uh, I can see, I can picture the heads up play, but I can't think of who it was. I'm going to give you a clue. This guy almost became the first ever two time winner on the tour. Oh, now you're killing me because I should know that. He's got the same accent as you. Ah. Uh, I'm gonna have to rush you, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of it who it was. What? Yeah, I should know it. I, I, I should, but I don't. I can't pull it out. Joseph for Mike, two points. Mike McDonald. It was Mike McDonald. Yeah. There's nothing, I can, do. There's nothing I can do. I can't even take a dive here, Glenn, because they'll know. Yeah. They'll know no, if I don't no. get that. No, I know. Like I said, I could see the I could see the heads up play, and I just couldn't think of who it was. Let's go, Glenn. Let's go. Get back on the time. board. Come on, buddy. I want you to win well, this ticket. Let's go. The good thing is, you'll never forget me because if I come in second place, I'm a runner-up. Oh. oh, I like it. Uh, the score right now is six-two. Joe, it's your question. It's question number one. EPT ten Doville. Who won? EPT ten Doville. Um, he was a French guy. I really want Glenn to win this, but I'm. His name was Francois Bonsoir. Funny <laughs> enough, that is incorrect. And Glenn, the one clue I will give you is that he's not French. No, he's actually an, a man who is his own island, Satirius Catupus. Correct. Hey! Glenn Weber gets that point, and the bonus question. I actually was going to say Remy Castillo, so. That was EBT9. Yeah. Uh, Joe, do you know who was the runner up? To satiric. Well, doesn't he get to answer the bonus question? Oh, that's he true, actually, seeing as he stole the main question. Uh, Glenn, for two points, who was second to the island of Satirius Katupas? Uh, see that one again. Just. As I said, nobody yeah. remembers second place. No. no All I, I would just... say is this is a very well known player who is a member of Team Pokestars Pro and who actually had a third place finish in an EPT not long before he finished second in this event. No, no, I won't even waste time trying to remember because it's just not going to happen. The answer was Eugene Kachalov. Oh, I thought uh, it was oh, Will yeah. Wheaton. Uh, <laughs> we are halfway through the game, and Joe has, Joe has a two-to-one lead. You are you have six points. Glenn has three points, but it could all change as we go into the second half of the game. Uh, Glenn, your question, question two. It is a recent event. It's from the last season. EPT 11 Barcelona. Who won EPT 11 Barcelona? Oh, let me think. His I... name was mentioned earlier on by Joe Stapleton. Okay, well, Joe talks a lot, so I'm not ah! sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was one um, of my incorrect answers, and it wasn't I... Remy Castillon. Okay, I did go back. I just watched this last season. What the fuck? I think he was one of the Germans, right? Yes, yes he was. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh no, which one? Um, it's Poochie. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. 
Um, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> um, Something tells uh, me. No, I, I can't. I this can't is pull not off. gonna happen, Joseph. You're, you, you can steal here. Andre Latau. It was, and that oh, means you oh, get God. to steal the bonus question. Who was the runner-up to Andre Latau in I Barcelona? I don't fucking have a clue. <laughs> Glenn, any ideas? Uh, no, if I couldn't remember the winner, I'm probably not going to win Well, it. nobody remembers second place. <laughs> Although, in this case, the guy who finished second got more money than Andre Latau. Samuel Phillips. Sam Phillips, of course. Of course. I'm so sorry I forgot you, Sam Phillips. I'm going to send Sam a basket of apology kittens. <laughs> That got nothing out of Giles this time. Giles usually loves it. Oh, there he is. He lit up. Okay, Giles loves a basket of apology games. Okay, question number eight for Joe Stapleton. EPT 10 Barcelona. So rewinding 12 months before Andre Letao's victory, who took down EPT Barcelona? So we're back in 2013 now, Joe. You're so deep. <laughs> Tom Singleton. No, that is incorrect. Glenn? Shit. That's close. It would be Tom Middleton. It oh, will be Tom Middleton. I missed that. Well, let's see if Glenn can steal the bonus question as well. Who was the runner-up? Uh, no, I'm drawing another blank. It was a fight to the finish. Um, James finish? <laughs> uh, nope. No, I appreciate the hint, but no. It was not. Kimo Kirko was oh, the runner-up. Kimo Kirko. It's getting closer, though. Uh, Joe still leads six points to four, and it's the final round. And you have drawn it's question... The final round town. You've drawn question six, Mr. Weber, and it is a very recent event. Okay. EPT-11 Malta. Okay, I remember that clearly because I was there for the entire... I don't know, 147 hours of final table coverage. <laughs> and it was the two Frenchmen, and I think Monturi pulled it out. Monturi won, but you know what happens now. You have to remember the guy who finished second, the other French yeah. dude, because that's worth two points. And, and I think he's the one that actually wanted it even more. Oh, he really wanted it. Oh, he, he wanted it You bad. could see the pain on his face, and you could probably see the same pain on my face because I want to play this <laughs> off, but... I just, I remember he's the other Frenchman, and I can't think of who it was. I'm afraid I can't accept the other Frenchman, <laughs> Joseph. I mean, that's really close, though, to be honest. The other Frenchman. There's um, only a few of them, right? Yeah, I mean, that one. It's either one or the other one. I, I don't know. I genuinely can't remember the guy's name. His name was a Valentin Messina. Yeah, no way I was coming up with that. Uh, no. So, Joe, your final question is question seven. You do currently have a 7-5 uh, lead over Glenn. Let's see if you can extend that lead. This is going to be like in Lucky You when he folds pocket aces to his son. EPT-11 Deauville. EPT-11 Deauville. Okay, so Deauville's the one in France. EPT-11 was this year. You know what's really sad about the fact that I can't remember these? I interview all these people yes. right afterward. Um, you also have a terrible memory. Who was in Deauville? Hold on, let me think about this for a second. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Glenn, do you know who won EPT-11 Deauville? Um, that was... Oh, that's where Joe started coming up with Oignon. Oignon Oh Demon. my god, yes. that's right. Glenn... We now have a 7-6 game, and if you can tell me who was the runner-up to Ognyan Dimov, you are going to win Superfan vs. Stapes. Now I remember who the runner-up is. 
What year is it? Um, yeah, what year is it, Glenn? <laughs> it is 2015. But Wait. it's also the year of... Oh, the year of Romania. Year of Romania! Uh, uh, oh my god, I how do I not remember this? What is what is the name of the little kid from The Shining? What is the name of the father uh, from from Full House? From Full House. What's his now, first name? See now you're just now you're just trying to confuse me. <laughs> what is who is Las Vegas Entertainer of the Year 2005? Uh, are the these actual was hints, or Siegfried are you trying to throw me off? It's all the same answer. I, he, he is trying to provide hints, but that's okay. assuming a knowledge of certain things. Yeah. So we know it's a Romanian play. He finished second in Deauville. Gonna have to ask you for an answer, Glenn. Um, trying to pull back the memory, because I, I watched all of that coverage. Was it Perlafis? Yes! Yes! That Holy is correct. Crap. Wow. If I'm ever going to get a second place, that's the one to get. Wow. So Glenn pulls it out of the bag at the 11th hour, meaning we have a final score of 8 7. Yes. Nice work, cool. Glenn, at, at the zero at the 11th hour here in the year of Romania. That's important. So, Glenn, that means you do win a Step C ticket worth 27 euros, which means. We're going to put you on that first step of the way, the first step of your journey from Canada to Europe to play on the EPT. That plus, would be awesome. Plus, you can wear with pride, and everyone loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. That's excellent. Wear, uh, wear it with pride in front of all your maple trees. <laughs> I will gladly wear that, and I will try my hardest to, to make it to an EPT stop because it's, it's on my bucket list now to make it there and meet up with you guys, and first round's on me. Thank Excellent, you very much, Glenn. Glenn, and thank you very much for playing the game. Congratulations once again. Uh, you are a winner on Superfan versus Stapes. Okay, thanks, guys. It's been great. This is the and my brand new three thousand dollar computer's fucking frozen. <laughs> I can't even stop the goddamn music! You piece of shit! I wouldn't have ended it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Thank you very much, Glenn, and we'll be in touch. Well, I guess, uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's all the time we have left. Should we, uh, should we get Neil Johnson? Should we let him know the show's over? Might be a good idea, just in case he's sitting there thinking they're going to call me again. And just to uh, let him know it's over. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last time, we're going to activate, activate the, the whole pope. pope. <sighs> Neil, I feel we thought like the we, genie in Aladdin. We thought we'd bring you back in to let you know that uh, we finished the show's over, so we won't actually one hundred percent not be needing you anymore today. When is the next show? Because I want to plan my holiday. In, around in in one week's time in one i'm uh, that's that really sucks i'm 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 gonna be out of town I'm gonna, but but it's been so <laughs> you much you don't fun. understand it's a magical power we will get you here no matter where you are you will just appear here you cannot hide from us do i at least have a cool theme song when you activate the whole pope is there at least a good noise you'll have to listen to the show oh damn i thank, guess i'll never know thank you very much neil and thank you for your patience good night guys <laughs> 
Poor Neil. Poor Neil. He should have never had that button installed. That was a big mistake. <laughs> that was a, just a that was an error in judgment, as we like to say. Uh, that really is all the time we've got for this week's show, guys. Uh, watch the Twitch stuff, okay? I'm doing another stream. I'm incorporating some new changes, so check that out. Check out the replay. And one guy who makes frequent appearances in your Twitch streams when you're not doing poker, when you're doing video games, is Matt Broughton, who's yep. like uh, uh, the third corner of the EPT Live commentary triangle. We're going to have Matt on the show next week. That's right. Matt's going to be on. Matt and I stream video games from time to time. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And hopefully Matt and I will stream a little bit between now and then. You can check that out. One last plug, if I can. I'm doing stand-up comedy in real England, in the West Midlands, in a place called uh, Crate. Nope. I don't remember what it's called. But it's between Wolverhampton and Birmingham. Okay, that's describing a decent chunk of land. It's the West Midlands. It's in a place called something Heath. Cradley Heath. Yeah, that's it for today's show, guys. We appreciate you being with us. We'll be back next week with I don't know what. Well, hopefully I'll play the Sunday Million again. I'll lose more <laughs> money for your listening pleasure. That is it. I am Joe Stapleton. He is James Hardigan. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>